Hello, welcome to Tiz Talk. Welcome to Tiz Talk. I'm Mary Myers. And I'm Julianne Murphy. This is episode one of Tiz Talk for the week beginning 26th September 2022. Tiz Talk Radio is your weekly podcast with local stories, events and interviews from Tisbury and surrounding villages. This week, Mary talks to Martin Charlcross at Warmead Farm. Then we have Liz Colcamp with local Watsons, and then Julianne gets an update from Parish Council Chair Simon Davison. And to round off this week, we have Andrew Graham from the Natural History Society. Here I am in Warmead Farm with Martin Shellcross in his beautiful old front room with a huge fireplace, one of two actually, which we might talk about in a second. Yes, well, I, I'm Martin. I'm now very old. I'm 85 and a half, <laughs> but I've been living in this house on and off since I was 12. Um, and it's only recently we've delved into the history of it. I knew, of course, that we bought it from the Arundel Estate and that they were the uh, people who'd taken over most of the land round here, uh, certainly the villages of Donhead, Anstey, Tisbury, Semley and so on, from the Abbess of Shaftesbury's estate mm. when the abbey was dissolved in 1540. Well, I, I was born in South Wilts. Uh, I lived through the war. I was sent away at boarding school when I was seven. That's when you should go R. And so I was away at boarding schools till I was about 17. Um, I thought of being a probation officer at one time or a military scientist. But uh, eventually I started training at Agricultural College and then became a charter surveyor and land agent. So I was advising other farmers and not after the initial period getting my own hands dirty. We had brilliant farm managers until Peter became of age. Your uh, son. My son. And then eventually the last farm manager, Philip Skinner, retired. Peter took over. And now he gets up at 4.30 or 4 o'clock and milks 180 cows. Yes. You've also contributed a lot to local life. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Well, before I was here, I was county councillor for um, Downton and had a lot to do with the advent of comprehensive education in Wiltshire. I was a prison visitor for about 40 years and I worked at Clouds House as a volunteer doing something on Friday nights called Recovery with Music. So I learnt the most outrageous pop songs and altered the word slightly to fit recovering alcoholics, alcoholics and addicts. The, uh, Lord Arundel, of course, inherited all these farmhouses uh, when he took over from the abbess um, and uh, spent a lot of money on them over the years. This house has been almost completely remodelled and although we were sitting in what was the hall of a 15th century building, you can see no trace of that. I've written an article for uh, Focus called Living with a Ghost Building, which is about what it is. Right. But I'm also aware that, of course, when the Abbey was dissolved, it seems that the 
inhabitants of Shaftesbury went off with the, all the building materials. So if you go to the Abbey nowadays, there's nothing left. In fact, people don't really know whether the model that's there is a true one or not. They're digging it up again. But you've only got to go and look at Place Farmhouse or Chits Grove, uh, and certainly Hazelden House at the top of the hill from us, and four or five others. Tisbury was a, uh, before the railway came and before the high street was built, had Overhouse Farm and Gaston Manor, two farms, perhaps 200 acres each. And that's what Tisbury was. It was a farming settlement. So how do you know that here in Walmead Farm that you date back so far? Well, we've got the schedule, which shows every field in 1769, but that's comparatively recent. But we know from the documents, which are well documented, uh, that it's a straight line of descent from the Abbess's estates to Lord Arundel. So why do you call this house a ghost house? Because there's nothing standing that you can relate to the findings of these wonderful people who came round this year from the Wiltshire Buildings record. They'd already surveyed about five other similar houses and although ours is a ghost house, they could tell from the surveys of the other houses what they were looking for. And they were amazed when they discovered, or at least I hope they're right, that there are three rooms, including the one we're sitting in, which were on the ground plan of the original 15th century farmhouse. The features that you actually see from the road date from after the postcard, which you can buy in the post office in uh, 1905, showing that what you see now is completely different to that postcard. So the Arundels must, in about 1920, have spent enormous amount of money on it complete roof, complete front elevation, and almost complete inside. Mm. But our bedroom door goes back to about 1700, and it's really good that he had retained one or two uh, items from the earlier house. In fact, exactly where we're sitting now, there would have been an open fire. A great beam above us was put in when they first provided some first floor accommodation, and that is still here. There is a well and we pump water from the overflow for the cows now and if there's no water in the well we pump it from the river which is very useful during the present drought mm. because we don't have to pay for that water. It's not drinkable and therefore this farm and most farms would have had a malt house which is a well-known local name where people brewed small beer which they would drink which wouldn't kill them. Uh, and the great uh, fireplace of the malt house still exists in this house. It was totally separate from the original farmhouse and has now been joined on it and is our living room. Having this report on, on the house, which only came out this summer, has really changed my view of living here. And I find it, talking to you, quite exciting that we're in the middle of the old hall. Yeah. Would you have liked to live in those days, or are you pleased to be living in the 21st century? Definitely not. <laughs> oh, very interesting. Thank you very much, Martin. Pleasure. Tis Talk, a podcast from Tisbury on tistalk.buzzsprout.com.
And now here's Liz Cole Camp with our What's On in the coming weeks. There's lots going on in Tisbury and the surrounding villages over the coming week, starting with the NADA Centre, which is trialling after school clubs, and that's for ages 5 to 11, on Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays from 3.30 to 5.30pm. The two-hour sessions will be in the sports hall and activities range from football, dodgeball and roller skating to bouncy castle, Wii games and soft play. It's £2.50 per session if you are a Leisure Card member, and if you're not, it's £3.50. If you fancy a game of netball, well, Tisbury Netball Club also plays up at the Nadis Centre on a Tuesday night from 7.45 to 8.45. First session is free, and then if you'd like to join for the term, it's £20 for 10 weeks. Pizzazz Street Soccer and Football Academy is back at the Nada Centre for school years 1 to 6, and that's every Wednesday until the 14th of December from 5.30 to 7pm. Tisbury Local Youth Network is having a disco on Thursday, the 29th of September. Here's Zeta Hooper. So we have a skate park party coming up 29th of September, which is next Thursday. Um, the time is going to be 5.30 until 8 with DJ Farmski. Um, it's mainly aimed at pre-teens and teens, but families of younger children have been known to come up and join, which is lovely to see too. We offer free drinks to young people. Look forward to seeing you all there. Well, if singing is your thing, then Tisbury Community Choir needs you. They're rehearsing at the moment at a really exciting Christmas programme. They rehearse from 7.30 to 9.30 in the evening on Thursday nights at the Methodist Hall on Tisbury High Street. Now, the monthly membership is £20, but they're offering a free taster session. So go along there. The contact is Roger Hooper. Friday, the 30th of September... Celebrating Age will be bringing Strange Old Things Mobile Museum at the NADA Centre from 2.30 to 4.30pm. Now, this is a great opportunity to see and handle some fabulous fossils, Stone Age tools, Roman coins and even ancient archaeological treasures, small ones. To book a place, you need to call 07955 Eight. Saturday, the 1st of October is Tisbury Country Market. Now, that's been going for 30 years, so it must be good. You need to get there before 10 when the doors open. And that's where you're going to find locally grown fresh vegetables, delicious organic meat, eggs, homemade jams, cakes and lots of other goodies, including local arts and crafts. Now that only goes from 10 till 12 o'clock. Turning to the local theatre scene, it's behind you. Yep, it's pantomime season and Tisbury Arts Group are holding auditions for Ben Crocker's Rapunzel. And that's on Monday, the 3rd of October and Wednesday, the 5th of October at seven o'clock in the New Vic at Tisbury, which is Victoria Hall, on the high street opposite Tisbury Motors. The show's actually going to be running from the 26th to the 28th of January, so make sure you're not going away. For more information, you need to contact Tisbury Arts Group. The new Vic at Tisbury is also streaming Kenneth McMillan's 1978 ballet masterpiece. It's called The Mailing. It's live from the Royal Opera House on Saturday, 
8th of October at 7.30. Now, the ballet tells the real-life story of Crown Prince Rudolf leading up to the murder-suicide scandal with his mistress, Mary Vetsera. Tickets are £15 and can be booked online via the New Vic at Tisbury website. If you are a film buff, the Magic Lantern Film Club is screening on Sunday, the 9th of October, a movie called After Love. Now, this film won Best British Independent Film, Best Director, Best Actress and Best Screenplay at the British Independent Film Awards in 2021. Tickets can be booked online. It's £5 for members and £8 for non-members. And the film starts at 7pm. That's all from me. Have a great week. Thank you, Liz. And now for some updates on some local planning issues. I'm here today talking to Simon Davison, Chair of the Tisbury Parish Council. Hello, Julianne. Hello, Simon. What I think our listeners in Tisbury and surrounding villages are very interested in would be an update on what is happening with the two major developments that are planned for Tisbury. Let's start with the co-op development on the site of the Old South Western. The co-op's planning application was refused a few months ago now. This was partly because of noise concerns for the neighbouring houses, partly because of its environmental impact on the river, and partly because of the access problems. Okay, um, so what happens next? So far, there's been no appeal by the co-op. At the beginning of the application, I mean, this is over a year ago, Tisbury Council worked with one of their representatives, uh, but they're no longer in touch. Uh, We've asked for information about what the co-op plans to do, but so far we haven't had a response. Well, that's a bit disappointing. But do the PC think this development is ever going to happen? Well, we're waiting to see. Uh, The change of use has been refused, so the South Western is still a pub. We just have to wait for the co-op to make a decision. Okay. Could you tell us what the latest news is on the planning for the station work site? At the moment, the planning application is still being looked at by the planning officer and it's taking longer than expected. We know that because of the scale and complexity of the site, he is asking the planning committee to look at it. This is the Wiltshire Planning Committee. And this should happen next month. Two other pieces of information that I can tell you are that the Environment Agency has objected to the plan and the highways department have also objected to the proposed modification of the railway arches and i can quote them uh, the basic premise of closing a road open to all traffic and replacing it with an exclusive facility that has been put forward do no more than improve the planning case for an individual planning proposal is in my view unacceptable well i think lots of people in tisbury would probably be happy about um, that reaction from the highways department. Um, So what can we expect next? Well, I have to emphasise that these issues are only part of the bigger picture and there's a long way to go before this is all resolved. You know, the two parish councils and many volunteers have spent a lot of time on this because we know from the neighbourhood plan that the community want this site to be developed. We just have to find a way that's best for everyone. So, you know, we'll keep you posted. Well, thank you very much, Simon, for giving me your time today. 
and uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. And now here's Andrew Graham with Nature Notes. With the approach of autumn, we can look forward to seeing many more fungus out in the countryside. It's surprising how quickly mushrooms and toadstools have started popping up after the drought broke and the soil started to be moistened by the rain. The sheer diversity of shape, size, colour and texture is quite remarkable and having a good look around when out for a walk can turn up all kinds of fungus at this time of year. Once the leaf fall really gets going, they can easily get covered up, so now is a good time to get out and have a look for them. Different species are associated with different locations, and this is often related to the presence of the kinds of tree that they're associated with. The flyer garrick, the well-known toadstool with bright red cap, often speckled with white spots, is often found under birch trees, for example. Fungus are effectively a third natural kingdom alongside plants and animals. They're essential to break down leaf litter and dead wood, helping to enrich the soil and recycle nutrients into a form that plants can use. This work is done by the mycelium, which is a network of fibres below the ground or in the rotting wood. The mushroom is simply the fruiting body that arises from that mycelium in order to produce spores for reproduction. In most cases, these spores simply fall out of the underside of the cap. In the mushrooms we buy from the shops, the underside is made up of gills and the spores fall out of these. Although the caps of most of the fungus we find have these gills, the underside of some, the boletes, have tubes. This makes the underside look like a sponge. But not all spores fall, some are thrown. Puffballs are often found in grassland and even parks. They start off like a solid white ball, but as they mature they dry out, turn brown and then eventually split open to release the spores from inside, which get shot up into the air when touched either by an animal, man or by rain. As well as there being brightly coloured species, some will stain a different colour when they're cut open or bruised. Some have distinctive smells. Some have coloured spores, some look and feel like wax, some like bits of coloured jelly, while others look like little bits of coral. Up off the ground, look out for bracket fungus, which grow on trunks and branches of trees. Some of these can grow to great size, shedding so many spores that they colour the bark and leaves below. One bracket fungus, which is parasitic on oak, is the beefsteak. I recently saw several brand new brackets on trees up in Great Ridge Wood. A glistening deep red-brown colour, they look like slabs of meat or liver stuck onto the side of the trunk. Very few species are poisonous, but the majority don't taste very pleasant if they taste of anything at all. But to be on the safe side, unless you're an expert, it's best not to eat any that you find. And if you've been handling fungus to have a better look at them, you should make sure you wash your hands or clean them with a wipe immediately afterwards. Keeping these safeguards in mind, a fungus hunt's great family activity. Because they're close to the ground, children can often find lots that we adults will miss. And you don't need to know any names, just marvel at the variety. 
Thank you, Andrew, and we'll be hearing more of your lovely nature notes soon. We hope you've enjoyed this first episode of Tis Talk. You can listen every week to a new episode of Tis Talk, and you can find any episode you've missed at tistalk.buzzsprout.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Tis Talk, that's all one word. And also look out for us on the Nextdoor app. So do listen in next week for more stories from Tisbury. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.